2: Uh. Go big or go home. Ready, ready, ready,
0: ready, ready, ready. Yeah. Go big or go home. Uh. Get your game face on. on. I need a scene on that throne. Go. Yeah. yeah. Leave it all on the floor. floor. If there's a knock on the door. Nah. Don't leave us we the boys. We boys. Yeah. Let's go.
1: Time to go big or go home. Amin Faree, Joshua Perry, Matt Castle, fresh off the postgame show at Beaver Stadium. Like you guys, we're talking like three minutes ago, you were talking on NBC Live, and now you're here in a podcast studio.
0: Yeah, we just ran off the set, and it was so urgent for us to be able to come in here and recap all of the things we saw in Big Ten football that we couldn't even wait.
2: We could not wait. I mean, I'm more excited right now than I was even getting on that field and being a part of that crowd and the energy today. Right now, yeah. I... I just can't let you guys know listening at home how excited I am. This is to be actually here. more
1: awake than you were like a half hour ago. <laughs> yeah. I well, I was you giving you the droopy
2: out. eyes, like, hey, what? Are we doing this? Um,
1: yeah. So, uh, if you're watching and not listening, you can see that we are basically in our trailer where we watch all the games. And this is the part, this is like a back room of the trailer. Mm-hmm. And we're all in a tight space, and we're going to talk about all the games that happen in a half hour. That's our promise to you, the viewer and listener out there. Although I do want to start with this, Matt. I saw you tweet this out a little while ago opened up twitter and i might have to talk
2: with my wife about my fit for next week
1: what what were you getting on twitter it's
2: getting a lot of heat you know for my for my look there's people are calling me easter egg i mean all these different things just kind of you know i was
0: like come on you need to tell the residents of the app formerly known as twitter to mind their own daggone business how about that yeah right
2: i mean let's be honest i I mean i i I do what the best i can do with my fashion but that's that's
0: about the Although, extent of it.
1: Joshua, their point is that he came into their living room, right? Well, so he entered their living that's right. room. So at that point, they can comment on what he's wearing.
0: I don't know if that's how it goes. Yeah. They invited him in. <laughs> so they should treat <laughs> him as a guest. Treat me with respect. Yes.
1: He was a guest. Uh, we're all wearing kind of pastels today, though. Sure. I did notice. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, all right, let's get to it. Because we're going to go through all these games. And I want to start with Penn State, the game that we just saw here. 38-15, Penn State beats West Virginia on the first ever Big Ten Saturday night. Um First of all, this was my first time here, and the atmosphere is amazing, and the noise is amazing, and it's over 100,000 people, and it's amazing. Um, Joshua, just your your take of of the whole night here at, at Penn State.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've played here twice at night in a whiteout. It is, for my experience, the best atmosphere in college football. So I was really excited to get back here just so I could see it from a different perspective. Um, it certainly lived up. I know there's obviously a lot of excitement for week one, and this was a rivalry game that was renewed. So you can even see it with the chippiness from the players on the football field. But when we talk about atmospheres and when we talk about the visuals and the sounds that are associated with college football, this one is right up there on the list as one of the best.
1: All right, and maybe one of the number one storylines that we were trying to track through all the games was Drew Aller. And he goes out there, Matt, and he goes 21-29, 325 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, a couple mistakes maybe, but I mean, what do you think of the former five-star guy?
2: You know, it was incredible to watch him go out there and play and perform the way that he did today. I think it couldn't have gone better than what it had happened because he made big-time throws. He was in full command of the offense. He did it inside the pocket, his pocket movement and presence, and then also outside the pocket, and, and he led this team on multiple drives in which they were able to capitalize and score points. And that's what you want to see. The moment wasn't too big for him. Like you said, there was maybe one throw in the entire game that you look at and say he would like to have back, and that was at the end of the second quarter when he tried to force the ball or threw it late yeah. over the back of the end zone. But other than that, I mean, his decision-making was outstanding. Uh, and they had the wide receiver, uh, Lambert Smith, at the two touchdowns, mm-hmm. 123
1: yards. I mean, does, do they? that was the question coming in. It's like, all right, we have the running game with Singleton, Mm -hmm. Um, and we have Allers, a former five-star. Do they have enough receivers? And I guess maybe they have one at least.
0: Yeah, Keandre Lambert-Smith definitely cemented himself as wide receiver one. I think that's what everybody was kind of waiting for. They wanted him to emerge, but they needed to see it in-game. But uh, it was the route running. It was his ability to to catch the football um, in in spaces where guys might get some alligator arms in contested catch scenarios. He was really good all around, and so I think for Penn State – they have to grow with this right you have to find ways now to feature Lambert Smith because he earned the right to do that
2: and I agree I mean Keandre Lambert Smith everybody talked about this this uh, offseason and leading through camp and James Franklin even said we need him to be the number one guy we believe that he can be but tonight is one of those nights that you look at it that gives confidence not just to the player himself but this team that says hey He is what we thought he was. And also to the young quarterback, Drew Aller, that says, hey, when I get in those moments and I need a guy to go make a play for him, he's got a guy that he can trust. Yeah, Singleton with 70 yards and Allen
1: with 51 yards on the ground. Gave up 15 points. when you got Chop Robinson and you got Kalen King. And you got uh, our Abdul linebacker, Carter. Abdul Carter. Yes. I mean, I I don't know that that was the dominant performance that we were expecting from them, but uh, it was good enough for the win.
0: I thought it was a good performance overall, a lot to of build off of. Uh, this is a team that I think does have star power, and you ran down the names there, and I think they, they should uh, embrace what those guys provide. My biggest thing was I thought that um, that West Virginia got easy entry through the middle of the defensive line on run plays. And we know Donaldson is a, a load to bring down. They got Frazier, their center for West Virginia is a really good player. And that was a good offensive line across the board, just for people mm-hmm. who were wondering. Uh, but it, it feels like there should be more resistance from Penn State's defensive line. I know the question that a lot of Penn State fans are going to have, if you remember back to when they played Michigan a year ago, they gave up too many damn rushing yards. And so for them, I think that's going to be the big key, is can the middle of that defensive line hold up?
1: Yeah, Donaldson had 81 yards and then... Green scampered for 71 himself so a little damage on the ground. Well
0: that
2: was a big part of this team too is that you knew that West Virginia was going to come in here they had an experienced offensive line 132 starts amongst the group right and you've got an All-American center with like you said Frazier so they're going to lean on that run game but it also was Garrett Green making plays and you've got to give a lot of credit to West Virginia they Mm -hmm. came out and battled all day they made a lot of plays and Garrett Green he played tough man he was getting hit hard and those scrambles that he made there was free rushers on him and he made a guy miss and go pick up those tough yardage so you got to give credit where credit's due but overall i thought the performance was a good performance by the defense of the nittany lions all right so you're a penn state fan game number one in the books
0: you, you happy you, you upset or you, you about in the middle I think they should be happy. The biggest thing is that you got a young quarterback that can ball. Yeah. I think the rest of the stuff you can figure out throughout the year. Right, and, and this is
2: game one. A lot of people don't understand. Like, There's so much high expectations going into game one, and you find out things about your team, but it is one of those unknown. All right. You go in and there's all these different things. You can't watch the film on your opponent leading up to it, so they're going to be able to go back and diagnose and evaluate what they did in this game and learn from it and get better each week. The, the biggest thing is watching them from week one to week two right. to see where they made improvements if they made the needed adjustments to yeah. make them a better football team. I should have branded that different. It should be, are you pumped or are you a grump after week one? So we're going to do that for the rest of wow. the day. That's why I'm hosting this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs>
1: Ohio State beats Indiana 23-3. So let's just I'm start grumped. with that. That's exactly. I, I knew that's where this was going.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think the, the biggest question for Ohio State was going to be the quarterback. Yeah. And, and Kyle McCord got the start in this one. I'm not going to say it was a bad performance. I think it was unimpressive. And and I we got to be fair about the way that we judge Ohio State quarterbacks. You're living up to an almost impossible standard under Ryan Day because all of his quarterbacks have made it to New York as Heisman finalists. They're really good players. Yep. Kyle McCord did not feel that way. It wasn't all his fault either. I don't think that he got a lot of help from the offensive line. Um, that's a, a group that certainly does need to improve. The bright spot offensively, though, They have a few running backs that they can Mm -hmm. roll into the game, and they ran hard, and I thought that they all showed a different skill set that Ohio State can utilize throughout some of these games uh, during the season.
1: Yeah, so Kyle McCord threw 33 times, completed 20 of those, 239 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. I was a little surprised. I thought we might see a little bit more of Devin Brown. Just was one for three, end of the game, didn't really throw a pass until, until late. I was surprised
2: we didn't see more of him, but it does seem like it's Kyle McCord's job to lose, obviously. It does, especially when the rotation is like that. It's one of those situations when you go in and you talk about two guys potentially playing and they're not having a ton of success, not putting up a ton of points to maybe make that change at halftime but what this tells me is they wanted to let Kyle McCord get as much opportunity as much burn as possible and Devin Devin Bush was one of those guys that might come in at the end of the game like he did but other than that I mean it's also interesting and you can correct me if I'm wrong Joshua but when you look back at CJ Stroud and you look back at Justin Fields when they first started out they didn't come in and have these absolutely spectacular performances when they first start out right there's a growth pattern to this and this is his first time starting for the ohio state buckeyes and so it might take a few games for him to get his feet under him for everybody to become adapted to one another and kind of get that consistency going
0: yeah i mean if you want to draw the parallel cj stroud's first start came in a game that was on the road versus a conference opponent and Mm. He didn't instill a lot of confidence in, in that start, and he continued to improve and get better throughout the year. So to your point, we're not going to make a judgment off of what the season's going to be yep. based on one game. But I think this does expose a deficiency that Ohio State has early on. Now, I'm going to change directions here, Okay, and I want to make sure I shout this out. Ohio State defensively looked really good today. And I think a lot of people had a bad taste in their mouth based off of the last couple of games in the college football playoff game in terms of uh, giving up big plays and and Mm -hmm. not playing assignment sound. These guys were stingy. The secondary looked much better. I think that there's a lot to build off of on that side, and at least for now when your offense isn't going to put up 40 points, yeah. you can lean on a defense that's only given up three. I'm looking
1: at the stats here, and the longest play they gave up looked like they gave up one pass of 24 yards to Cam Camper, and that was the only play that was over 20 yards. Their longest run they gave up by Indiana was 11, so dominant. If you're just focusing on the Ohio State defense, you're, you're pumped. You're pumped. Overall... We know he's a grump overall (laughs) on Ohio State. Where would you be?
2: I mean, I'm kind of in the middle. I'm not not pumped. I'm not grumped. I mean, grumped. Fence rider. Okay, let's be honest. I'm grumped just because offensively we've become accustomed to seeing this explosive offense, this high-powered, throw it all over the yard. You've got the best wide receiver in the country. You can run it, do all these things. And so when you come out against a team like Indiana and you score 23 points and it's not the best performance, it's not the most efficient, I just think it's something that we're not accustomed to seeing. So I've got to get used to this maybe new norm. But at the same time, it's early in the season, everybody. Mm -hmm, Calm down, pump the brakes, they'll get back on track. It's
1: going to be hard to tell that to a Purdue fan today because they go down at home to Fresno State, 39-35 was the score in this game. Um I, like, we're not going to make it seem like we saw every play from every game because right, we're obviously right. doing a whole lot of stuff. But we're seeing some of the major plays. We saw the early plays. Hudson Carr looked like he was going to be able to slice and dice up that yeah. mm-hmm. Fresno State defense, which it looked like they did. But clearly a disappointing day for Purdue to go 0-1 in the Ryan Walters era. Can you give me the total yards for uh, Fresno yeah, State you're real just quick? just bossing me around I'm, right it's now. Just it's a just a simple just, question. It's okay, on the, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, net total yards, Fresno State 487.
0: Okay, so this is going to be the thing that I think people will be most critical of because he put up 35 points so that's not a bad offensive performance but you gave up 39 you mentioned four almost 500 yards of offense there Ryan Walters a new head coach is a defensive guy he's known for having a system that is chaotic and that is one that uh, creates turnovers and negative plays I think the thing that's lost on people about how it worked at Illinois for Walters as a defensive coordinator a year ago is he had a first rounder a mm-hmm. second rounder and like a fifth rounder in that secondary Personnel matters. And, and this is to say that Purdue needs to continue to develop their personnel defensively so they can really excel in this system. So for me, I think it is disappointing. If I'm a Purdue fan, I'm probably uh, drinking away my sorrows a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you're this big evening. time grump. Right. Big but, time grump. Uh, I also think that there are levels to how we, we should evaluate what's going on. And, and this exposes where they need to get better
2: and this also is Ryan Walter's first year and there's a system change it's a different system than what they ran the previous year it's a 335 and what does a 335 have to have it's got to have guys on the back end and even throughout all of training camp and throughout spring ball they talked about the, this ever-evolving door and, and also the position in terms of the back end, they didn't have that figured out. And so when that, what that means to me is they had no stability back there right now, and people are trying out every single game every single week. So it might take some time for them to not only adapt to a new system and really fundamentally understand what he's being asked week yeah. in and week out, but also what players fit the roles that they want them to play. We got Purdue Syracuse week three. Yeah, we could have Purdue again week five. Sure. Yeah, we need Purdue to
1: be better than this. Yes, true statement. Yes. Ryan Walters, we need you to step up your game. Uh, pumped Michigan fans. I'm just going to say it right now. A little bit of a slow start. Yeah, yeah. 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 I like yeah. what I saw. Yeah, I like what hey, I saw. Come on. Now, you know, full disclosure. I didn't go to Michigan. I went to Syracuse, but I grew up in Michigan. Sure. and You pick a okay. side. Yeah, yeah. So and so, I, I'm the Michigan mm-hmm. component mm-hmm. of this. Podcast, you didn't want to so be a Spartan. I actually was a Spartan for one year, okay. and then I transferred to Syracuse It's complicated. It totally gave us your Spartanship. So I had to. Yeah, I had mm. to donate it back. I, I adopted it for a year, <laughs> for one year. Very interesting. Um, Team Cleaves was there. It was awesome. <laughs> um, but I'm back to the Michigan bandwagon, and they win 30-3 to over East Carolina. We knew they were going to win this game. But, Matt, I want to start with, with J.J. McCarthy because he looks like a – I'm not going to say different quarterback because he looked pretty darn good last year. But, I mean, he goes 26-30 of 30 in this game, 280 yards, efficient, three touchdowns, making plays with his legs. I mean, did he look better than what you saw from him last year?
2: He really did. And all offseason, Coach Harbaugh has been raving about the, the maturation of this kid and how he's taking the next step. And you could see his confidence inside the pocket. That's really when, when they asked him to drop back and throw on time some of the corner routes mm-hmm. he threw, the ball that he threw in the back of the end zone to Wilson, and over a corner, but also the little instincts that he has. He'd look the corner back down to jump the flat route so he could throw over his head. That's high-level quarterbacking. And then also some of the scramble plays, right? You step up in the pocket, you attack the line of scrimmage, you keep your eyes downfield, you hit hit the wide receiver in the back of the end zone. So I was really impressed with how he looked today, and that's probably the most um, excited I've been about watching J.J. McCarthy since I've started watching him over the even last season, yeah. All right, what, what stood out to you about Michigan?
0: Uh, Roman Wilson, absolute revelation for them. They needed a wide receiver, one. I think the question was, who was that going to be? And, and could Roman be that guy? And he absolutely was. So, um, I think that's a big positive. He's going to have to continue to play well as the competition gets better, but that's a connection I think we can all count on. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side of it, I thought that the offensive line looked disjointed at times against an ECU front. That was very active. And this is a great offensive line. We know that, what that is. Um, so I was surprised to see them have those struggles at times. But um, I have no doubt that they're going to get that together. And then on defense, if there's one way I could describe it, it was physical. They were hitting out there, mm-hmm. man. Like, they were packing a punch out there. Mm-hmm. You know, linebacker, I love a physical defense. So, I, th- <laughs> I mean, this team is, is what I thought they were going to be a better version of J.J. McCarthy, certainly a team that wants to get it started on the ground, but also you got a great defense to support you. I I, I think that, you know, number two ranking coming in, I think it's deserved. I know. Yeah, I was going to say,
2: though, the biggest thing coming out of this game is if they can't get the running game going on some of the – for whatever reason, right? that now you, you I think you have a little bit more confidence yep. that this quarterback yep. say, hey, let's put, the, let's put the ball in J.J.'s hand. Let's let him drop back, sling the ball around the yard. He's going to make good decisions. He's going to put us in a position. And then guess what? When a play needs to be made, he can go out and make it for you.
1: I think they were the most impressive Big 10 team. We haven't gotten to all the games so far, but uh, Michigan looked pretty good. Yeah, that running game wasn't as dominant. Mm -hmm, I think that was a bigger surprise Mm -hmm. early in the game. Blake Corm doesn't go over 100 yards, uh, but does end with 10 uh, carries and 73 yards in that one. Edwards also with 37 yards. So that that run game will heat up for them. Let's go to Iowa, Utah State. Iowa does get the win, 24-14. Matt, it looks like almost that they're going to run up the score on them early. They had some, a couple quick touchdowns, touchdown pass from Cade McNamara. There was some crazy stat we had in our highlight that was like it was the first time they opened the game with a touchdown pass on their first drive since like ninety one. Ninety
0: one. Well, I was born yeah. in ninety four. Yeah. So you never seen. So, it. You've never, never experienced it. this well, day. You, you never. What was never, like this never day, in my lifetime? What, what was that, was that like? like for you? It was crazy. I mean, <laughs> I didn't know how to react.
2: Yeah. You're like, is this the real world? Yeah. Am I dreaming? <laughs>
1: Um, yeah. They slowed down from there, but they get down. they get
2: the win. What's their takeaway from Iowa? Well, it was a good start. I mean, I love the way that they came out. They're aggressive. They took the shot early. It was a double move down the sideline. Cade McNamara uh, threw a dime down the field, and I'm sure Brian Ferrance is sitting over there going, "Yes, good start. Let's yeah. let's run this thing up. Let's get the, let's get this thing to 45." Because you know, guys, just just to let you know, there's yeah. a little caveat on my deal. No, but I thought it was a good start. But they definitely slowed down, and I think this is a team that they need to be able to run the ball effectively, but they also have a more competent quarterback this year that if they can get it going in the pass game or, excuse me, in the run game first, then they can complement that with the pass game and take shots like they did earlier in the game.
0: Still didn't get to 25, though. Still didn't, Still didn't, get, to didn't get to 25. Yeah, so it's going to be an uphill battle. I was impressed, though, um, just by the ease that they had moving the ball at times. I don't think I saw that at all a year ago, so that's a big positive to them. Um, also, I think from a, a defensive and special team standpoint, this is always going to be yes. a good unit. Uh, and, and so for me, I think we're, we're kind of where we want to be with Iowa, where we know it's never going to be, um, you know, the high-flying offense. But this is a team that's going to be able to, to win gritty, and it's going to be able to challenge you in different ways. They're going to play tough, disciplined football, uh, and that's what we've come to expect. Utah State did outgain them. They had 329 yards. Yeah, that's about right. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: 284 for Iowa. Right there. So you're you're probably not a grump, but you're not you're not super. You're not, no, I, I, you're not super listen, pumped. If you're but.
0: an Iowa fan, you're super pumped. Twenty four points, you're super pumped. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Hopefully you turn the game off
0: at <laughs> halftime. You're like, yeah. we're good.
1: I've seen enough. Yeah, I've seen enough. Uh Wisconsin gets the victory over Buffalo, 38-17. eight seventeen. I'm not gonna pretend like I saw a whole bunch of this one. Uh do you guys have a great idea of exactly how Wisconsin did this? It was a new look offense. Yes. We know that. It's uh longos come in. Yep. They're opening it up a little bit more. Mordecai did not throw for over 200 yards in this game. They all threw the ball 31 times, 189 yards uh, in the end. So what are we thinking about Wisconsin?
0: Well, how many rushing attempts did they have? I'm curious. All right, so they had had, – 39 well, we had thir- rushes yeah. total. 39 yeah. rushes okay. total. Oh, but many, they they ran
1: the ball very well. How many so, pass right. attempts did that okay, have? So we're, know, I'm, I'm we're investigating here. this game live on the podcast right now. So here <laughs> it is. So they have over
0: 500 yards of total <laughs> okay, offense. Okay, because I'm, I'm trying to make a point here. And yeah. they have
1: over 300 yards of rushing offense. So they ran down the throats of Buffalo. Yeah, I'm trying to make
0: a point here. Yes. I, I've been telling people, they're like, oh, Phil Longo's coming in. It's going to be air raid, totally different than what we're seeing from Wisconsin. And yeah. I was saying that. Yes, you will see air raid concepts, but this is a run the football team. You've got Braylon Allen, who's a really good back. Yes. Chesma Lucy mm-hmm. uh, wanted to remind everybody that there's not just one back hey, he, on that roster. He broke off. Right? <laughs> he broke right. out on that one. My board. man was running. Yeah. Um, and, and so, this is a team that certainly is going to look different on offense conceptually. But the heart of how they want to attack you is going to be with the run game first, which is what we saw in this one. A little bit of a slow start for Wisconsin. I also think when you have a new coach, you're probably going to get some slow starts. Mm -hmm. I was overall impressed. and I think that this is a team that's going to continue to get better. Really, once they settle into their offensive identity, I think it can really take off.
2: Yeah, and that's the interesting part about the offensive identity. And I think it plays to their advantage because everybody's expecting, hey, when are they going to open it up in this air raid? But you look at Phil Longo when he was even at North Carolina. Mm -hmm. He had 2,000-yard rushers. He knows how to run the football. And what they do is they spread you out to thin you out in the middle of your defense so they can run it down your throat. And when you have two backs like that, explosive backs, look, he's no dummy. No. He's going to play to their strengths. Right. And I think that it works to their advantage. All right, so I think Wisconsin fans might be the second most pumped. I yeah, like I think they should, be oh, yeah. they should
0: be pretty pumped. They should absolutely also, be pumped. Also, 38 points is not something that they have done often against a, you know, I'm not going to act like, you know, Buffalo's the greatest opponent ever, but they've, they've had some slogs against some worse opponents than that.
1: Maryland got an easy win. We'll be at Maryland yep. next oh, yeah. week yep. uh, when they play Charlotte, and the new coach who wears the the the, tibs, cutoff. the cutoffs, yeah, sure. Biff. no sleeves. Yeah. Biff. Biff
2: yeah. Uh, pogey, is it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, yes. Biff. Yeah, Biff. I call him Biff. The billionaire Biff. Billionaire Biff is yes. what I call yes. him. 38-6. Yep. Uh, Maryland gets the win over Towson. Yep. Uh, Talia throws for 260 yards, three touchdowns in this one. Yep. We know he's going to continue to extend his records that he already has right. at yes. Maryland. Uh, seems like a pretty pretty easy win, uh, a way to, to ease into the season for Maryland. A, a team that I think, every time I bring up Maryland, too, People tell me they're going to give some of those good teams a tough game. They Mm -hmm.
0: did it last year. They played Michigan really close. They played Ohio State super close. The score was actually um, not indicative of how close that game was a year ago. Uh, Talia is one of the, the best creators in this conference when it comes to offensive production. Because he has a good arm, but he knows how to extend plays, and he's a super gritty player. Like, if it's a first down that's out there, he's not running out of bounds. My man is going to try to truck somebody to get it, which is crazy. The other guy people should know from Maryland is Roman Hemby. their running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a dynamic player. I know the stats aren't necessarily going to reflect that from today, but he's somebody who I think can have an impact throughout the season.
2: And I think that we were having this conversation earlier about Mike Oxley was talking about – um, that you were talking about this team and how they lost some dynamic players on the outside. They also lost some depth at, in, in the second uh, secondary, in the secondary yeah. as well. So there, there's some certain things that they're, they're definitely going to be looking at early on in the season to develop some of these players that weren't on the field last year. But if they can get that together, I, I really like Mike Loxley. I like what he does with this program, his leadership, this offensive unit led by um, Tungavailoa, did I say that right? Yep. Yes, I did. Because yeah. sometimes I second guess myself with all those vowels. But, but I like think be- if you
1: stop and say that, though, it's almost like you didn't get it right. That's right. right? So like you should just power yeah. through it. And, and then,
2: then, then this then- offense with of Vailoa, oh, I, I mean, know, yeah. I, I like the the explosive <laughs> nature of it. So I, I, I'm I'm high on Maryland. All right, here's so you one. You can the, edit that out, yeah, people. No, that, okay, this is all staying in. This is yeah, all no, staying in. we should give the what about this? What about this? All.
1: Yeah. So, this, so here, here's a game that just <coughs> went final, yep. and I, I was not seeing the end of this game. I don't know exactly well, how I this game ended, um, so we're not going to be able to comment on exactly the way this game went down in the final seconds, but Illinois, a two-point victory over Toledo.
0: Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say this without seeing what happened at Go the ahead. end, I'm going to say that Toledo's a good team. Toledo, I I believe, and and correct me if I'm wrong on this, whoever's out there in the world, nobody's going to be able to correct me right now. I think they won the MAC last year, and they were predicted to be one of the best teams in the MAC. They're a very good team. Win it Mm -hmm. this year. So we take these with a grain of salt. This is not your typical group of five team. Illinois is also retooling in a lot of ways. They got a new quarterback and Luke Altmeyer who's yep. uh, got a drum up production. The running back room is turned over a little bit because Chase Brown isn't there. Mm-hmm. I mentioned the guys defensively, defensively that they lost from a year ago. right? Uh, and so there's some retooling that's going on that side of the football. It was going to be a slow start, guys. It was going to be a slow start for them. And they got unlucky because they got a really good group of five team. And so when people see the result, they're going to be like, oh, what happened to Illinois? And I just don't know if it's indicative of what this team's going to be by the end of the year
2: I agree with everything you just said
1: <laughs> and once we see exactly how it all went down in this game and at right. the end of the game, we will have further comments it's, on this it's one. It's
2: hard but. for me to comment on a game that I have not watched <laughs> you, at all, and no, it just you, ended you, two you minutes can ago. You're going to watch your boy extrapolate, though. Uh, I'm
1: going to put the pieces together. You're, you're going to tic-tac-toe also. Yes. Everything <laughs> that Joshua said right That you cannot dispute that. <laughs> no, no, it, I can't no, dispute so you cannot that. Not at this
2: this hour of the evening.
1: We'll come back to that game in a few minutes. We definitely will. We should. A couple games here just to end out real quick that have Happened previously. Uh, Minnesota comes back to beat Nebraska Wolf. 13 to 10. Mm. People have been talking about this one for a while. Yeah. Not a whole lot of offense in this one. There were a ton of mistakes yes. by our guy Jeff Sims and uh, and Nebraska. I mean, what else is there to be said about this uh, this game that hasn't already been said, Joshua?
0: Well, Minnesota uh, threw the ball a lot more than they were probably comfortable with 44 in this football times. game. Yeah, and I, I right. don't think Tanner Morgan, the 137 years that he started for Minnesota, um, reached 44 pass attempts in a game. So I think that was probably jarring for Minnesota fans. For Nebraska, it kind of felt like the same old Nebraska where you have a lead and it's a game that you should win and then you end up losing by a single score. They did mm-hmm. that entirely too much under. Scott Frost. That's a mentality thing to me because they matched up, right? If you watch the game, certainly they did make mistakes but they weren't mistakes that they couldn't overcome. It was the mental block of, okay, now we're in this tight game once again. It feels like we're losing uh, grip of the momentum and they just let the rope go and they got to stop doing that. And they've got to, you know, It's turnovers will kill you, and you look at the
2: end even of the first half where they have an opportunity to score points at the end of the half, and it's a situation that we talk about constantly as quarterbacks. If you've got a guy open, because the I think there were six, seven seconds left, it's either you've got a guy now, you make your decision, or you throw it out of bounds because what it is is such a momentum shift. Yep. right? And, and they missed an opportunity to go into halftime with three points. And at, sometimes those are the things that kill you in these games. And then you go in the second half and there's more of the same result with more turnovers, and you just can't overcome that. When you're a team – That is not that good right now with a bunch of new personnel you have to play fundamentally sound football and if that means just taking taking care of the football and not giving the opponent another possession then you'll probably win this game and so right now they're still learning the fact that we can't shoot ourselves in the foot and we can't beat ourselves
1: One more game to talk about. Michigan State gets a win over Central Michigan. This game was close Mm -hmm. at halftime into the third quarter. Michigan State scores a couple touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Noah Kim, their new quarterback, throws for 279 yards, a couple of touchdowns. So it turned out to be an easy win for Michigan State. It's going to be interesting to watch Michigan State this year because – you know, they lost Keon Coleman yeah, they, right at the end. They lost yeah. Peyton, Peyton Thorne. Thorne. Peyton who Thorne. knows? Maybe Noah Kim is going to be better. Maybe they can find a, a wide receiver here. But that's one team that I'm definitely watching early on in the season who and, they are.
0: And I think Noah Kim adds a, a little edge to this offense because he's got some movement skill that I think is, is is bordering on dynamics. So if they can lean into that, I think it helps their run game, which has been a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an ugly football game. I think Mel Tucker would take an ugly win. Uh, over anything else right now yes, as his team 100%. continues to improve. I, I agree with you in the fact that this will be one of the most intriguing teams to watch. Like, we watched them a couple of seasons ago win 11 games, mm-hmm. play a New Year's Six Bowl game, and now we're wondering, can they ever get back under Mel Tucker? I think he is a great football coach. I like the way he runs his program, but they have a lot of pieces to put together still
2: right and you also look at last year right there were so many injuries on the defensive side of the ball they could not get healthy and that was a big issue for them the other side of it is they couldn't get takeaways again for this defensive unit if they're able to collectively stay healthy and stay on the field and also create some takeaways for this offense unit to get more opportunities well I think right there alone you'll be a better football team than what you were a year ago and then also Noah Kim He's one of those question marks, but I, I liked what I saw at him today. I think he's got a good skill set. Yeah, he, he's a dual threat guy. Yep. He can throw the ball efficient and accurately, and he's got a strong arm. So I think that that's something to keep a close watch on is the development of him too uh, for this
0: team. Just to touch on that defense uh, again, you, you mentioned to get more takeaways. Totally agree with that. They got to limit explosive plays too. <laughs> well, that's a whole other story. <laughs> right. But like, but I guess the the moral of this story is. They did everything last year that a bad defense does. And so, like, if they can just get, like, halfway better in either one of those categories, that defense can take a big step. Right. Because, I mean, there's nowhere to go but up. And, and Mel Tucker is intently focused on that side of the ball. Right. And
2: th- th- that's where he should be focused <laughs> yeah. because that's got to be a centralized part. you got to be defensive-centric right now, yeah. especially with what you're going through offensively and all the changes offseason. If you can be just better defensively, you'll yeah. be a better football team. No doubt.
1: All right, so this is where we stand right now okay. in the Big Ten. What do we got? Shoot it straight. We got uh,
2: – Yeah, what do we got?
1: Okay, I'm look. I'm looking at the overall record. So wait, we got, well, we got Indiana law. Lo- Indiana lost, yes, right? right? And Purdue is lost. Yeah, and right. Nebraska's lost. Nebraska is lost. Yes. That's it.
2: Mm-hmm. Everybody else is undefeated. And we, then uh,
0: we, we have got one a, game still we got to go. Rutgers, uh, Northwestern. Northwestern. That's going to be a, a bonanza. One of the marquee games in college football yeah. early on this year. So everybody, make sure you tune in for that one. Yeah. I mean, for the
1: team that wins that game that's pretty significant oh significant yeah deal. you'll be, you'll, you'll be at the top deal. of the conference if you win i mean come
0: on
2: still undefeated
1: all right that's that's week one we did it we made it through we well done it. guys we're off to the hotel after this that is go big or go home and now it is time for us to go home Good job, i'm ready guys. to go home I, I, I know you are go big or go home